I'm kind of like with the portal. I'm like, you know what? Have at it. Hey, Sarah, Sarah, right? Yeah, I mean, what's wild is to watch these names of these dudes come across and how many, I mean, like, there's so many names of dudes coming across. And I'm like, yep, UVA didn't recruit him. UVA didn't recruit him. UVA <laughs> didn't recruit him. And I'm like, dang, that's a lot of dudes, man. That's a lot of dudes. Mm-hmm. You mean like I, Tyler Nickel? <laughs> I would take the uh, Justin Wright kid in a heartbeat. Who was that name of that kid from Albany? It was like a name of like a dog. Jay Beagle Be- or something. Beagle. Beagle. That was it, yeah. yeah. If what if what if UVA closes out the transfer portal and gets like two dudes that actually played against them? Like that would be some serious like Kyle Filipowski. Well, they got Ben <laughs> Vanderplas already, so what else you need? Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, fair. yeah. Start looking at Furman's roster. CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, March the 14th. Virginia coming off the ACC tournament final, where they obviously uh, fell to Duke, getting ready to um, play Furman on Thursday afternoon um, down in Orlando to get the NCAA tournament started. An interesting pod, an interesting matchup in the first round. We have lots to discuss. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, board moderator du jour, David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend? Going pretty well. I like rest of Virginia fans trying to make sure we still have true TV on our cable lineup. Who days on the board at who days on Twitter? It wouldn't it wouldn't be a uh it wouldn't be an NCAA tournament if we didn't all make some true TV jokes, right? Um, yeah, exactly. I wanted to get the first one in. Right. Um, in Charlottesville, Editor-in-Chief Justin Ferber is also on this here program. How's it going, my dude? Southeast Missouri State's losing, so my bracket's about to be done. Um, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Man, that's a that's a harsh take on on the on your bracket there, buddy. Uh, Cavs Corner is also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional woody banter. Um, what's the, I don't have it on. What's the score? Yeah, they're losing by five. Yeah, hey, we just do it for the joke, right? We, we just do it for the joke. Um, all right, so I, and obviously, uh, you know, I I don't want to say that the ACC tournament was like a disappointment or anything like that because I think that's that's misguided. Um, it 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 does kind of leave a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth when you when you lose a championship game and play. I think defensively, Virginia had one of its better games, um, but offensively, man, they were. They were just really um, bothered, I think, by Duke's athleticism and its length. 59-49 the final. Um, Cavaliers shoot 33% from the floor, 24% from three. Um, You know, they got, um, you know, they turned the ball over, I think, a little bit too much. And they just weren't able to do enough um, when it mattered most. I think that every time it felt like Virginia was going to make a run, I felt like um, the Roach kid just made a play. He finishes 23 points on 7 of 12. Filipowski, who went scoreless in the in the meeting uh, several weeks back, uh, he he goes for 20 and 10. Um, solid game for for both of those guys. I thought Virginia, you know, like I said, the scoring was rough. Um, I, I liked little bits and pieces that I saw, Dave, but overall, um, it's hard to it's hard to to leave a tournament with that game as the sort of like lasting impression because. Otherwise, Virginia played pretty well, right? In the first two games, obviously, really nice game against Carolina, really nice game against Clemson. Um, bouncing back from the um, the BVP injury, what what's your sort of takeaway from the ACC tournament, and how does that sort of help to frame what you're hoping to see uh, both Thursday and beyond from your from your Wahoos? Well, you know, the tournament is not that big of a deal, except it is, right? Um, so it's <laughs> – look, I, I don't think any of us were, were, were super confident Virginia is going to get out of the first game. Um, 
So the fact that, you know, one day of preparation without BVP, who's been a big part of the lineup for most of the second half of the season, um, you know, against a team with, you know, with talent that hadn't performed and who was desperate um, and had played the night before, you know, Virginia kind of came out and that game was tight, but never really felt in doubt towards the end. Um, and then Clemson, a team who just with, you know, the ability of their bigs to kind of stretch you, it's like, well, how's Virginia going to handle this with, without BVP? And they did great. Um, and then the Duke game. Yeah, that was a letdown. You want, you never want to lose the Duke at any point. You never want to lose a championship title game, but um, all, you know, as bad as they were during that game, I think the thing you can hang your hat on is the defense was really, really good. Um, despite the offense given Duke, you know, chances in transition, you know, Virginia held them. Well, I can't remember what the final score was, but they held them, you know, 59, 49 in check all night. Yeah. Um, you know, Duke was bought in all, all game on defense. And despite that, despite how well Duke played on, on defense and how, you know, poorly UVA did protecting the ball, you know, if Kihei hits that three late, it's a four point game and momentum, you know, who knows where it happened, goes from there, but like I, I think you there's plenty of positives to take away from it, especially going into the tournament. You know, Shedrick got three games of, of playing Tom. Um Caffro had good minutes. You know, Ryan Dunn got some exposure to a tournament environment. And you got to and you know, Co- Coach Bennett got some some more coaching points for the for the couple of days in Charlottesville before they head to Orlando. Before they headed to Orlando. Um so yeah, I think all in all, short of winning the championship, that's about the best you you'd hope for. For it feels weird to say this in some ways, right? But you know they shoot forty nine percent against Carolina, shoot fifty percent against um, Clemson. It's not. I'm not saying they needed to shoot forty nine percent to win this game, um, but at thirty three percent, you're just not going to be in the conversation. And it feels like to me, and, and I'm I'm curious to get your point of view here. It feels like to me that what we, we've seen from Virginia is sort of a um, maybe a um, a confirmation of sorts that while BVP certainly gave them what could have been their best offensive lineup, they are defensively a very different team without him. Um, and he, in that change of calculus between what's good for your offense versus what's good for your defense is like the inverse of what it was for the whole Hunter and key situation several years back. It's like, you can't, you can't choose, right? They have to sort of like complement each other. And I feel like, what the tournament told me, essentially, is what we've kind of thought for most of the season, right? Which is like, BVP, it, when he's giving you offense, that's your best version of your offense, right? And yet, at the same time, you're sort of like living with some of the um, some of the things that the issues it causes for your defense. Now that you don't you don't have that part of the calculus, right? That part of the equation is out. Does how does you feel like that changes things for them? Um, cause I mean, are we back to, you know, sort of what it was in, in that 2020 season before everything stopped where it's like, look, the defense is going to play really well. The question is how many points can they score? Um, are, are we in that realm or are we just sort of like heading in that direction? You think heading in that direction versus in that realm? Cause I think the offense is much better than that offense was. I mean, you look at what they did against Clemson, they scored 76 points and really, I mean, the last I don't know, five or six minutes felt like they were just kind of running the clock out. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Tane Murray's hitting shots at the end of the game, but you know, ultimately I think Dave's kind of spot on with his overall take of the tournament, which is like, it, it sucks. You don't win it. And and obviously they didn't play very well in the final. I think Duke deserves a lot of credit for the way they played on the defensive end in particular um, throughout the tournament, really. Um, and they're going to be a, a headache for some teams, I think in the tournament, but, I think like that you can't forget that they also won two games, you know, especially given that they lost to Carolina, like pretty handily not long ago. Right. Um, And then, you know, the the Clemson game was relatively close to JPJ and UVA just hammered them in Greensboro. Um, And UVA looked pretty sharp on the offensive end insides um, in the first two games, even though, you know, maybe they weren't as, as good as the high end of UVA's offense was with BVP, but you have to remember, even with BVP, I mean, they were struggling to score against Notre Dame. They're struggling That's to fair. score against That's very fair. Louisville. Yeah. So I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's like all of a sudden they, they're like way, way, way worse. It's just you have less options. And I think having BVP out probably did hurt a little bit against Duke because 
he's the type of player that can pull, you know, lively or whoever's guarding him away from the basket. And it just opens things up for everybody else. Whereas like in this game, it just felt like everybody was like afraid to take shots around the rim because they were just, there were so many long arms around them and, you know, nobody wants to get blocked and it just kind of felt like things spiraled. But I think ultimately, I think they can still score. It's just going to be more of like the recipe for them to win games in this tournament coming up is more like what we saw against Carolina. Um, and, you know, some of these other games, you have to, I mean, they didn't give up 60 points in the entire tournament to any of their three opponents. Um, so if they can do that, if they can hold every team they play under 60 points, you're in every game at a minimum, right? I mean, and then right. I think against a lot of these teams, they can get to 65 points, you know, 70 if things are really clicking. Um, right. But yeah, I think it's more of a, it's like if you tip the scales, you're tipping the scales a little bit further towards defense than offense, I think, yeah. given the injury. So Cavaliers now head down to Orlando. They get to open the uh, NCAA tournament against Furman. Um, Furman's an interesting uh, matchup for them, considering that, you know, it's a, it's a team that, you know, defensively is not really in the conversation among what the top 150, 175. I'm going to pull it up now. Um, But has one of the, you know, a pretty decent offense. One of the, especially the best in terms of two point field goal percentage. A team that, but then again, doesn't have a lot of um, a lot of size. They run a lot of the um, sort of Princeton concepts and things of that nature. Dave, in in, in terms of the teams that you didn't want to face, you you know, if you're thinking this is where UVA was going to fall on the, on the seed line, was Furman in the conversation, or was that one of the ones one of the matchups you wanted? I don't know if I really <laughs> could consider who we're going to face, but um, I mean, it's, now, that it's, seems I think like it's a that, team that surprises me because I feel like of all the people I know. Who would have been yeah, ready man. for to to have a team that they didn't want to see? It would have been you, but I, no. so I appreciate that. But I will say, Furman kind of fits the bill of the team that can give Virginia trouble. Um, you know, they they kind of play five. They play a lot of five out or four out around Slauson, and they, you know, they shoot a lot of threes. They're going to try to touch the paint, and if you double them, they're going to kick it out for a three. Um, kind of Gardner Webbish with better talent than Gardner Webb. A little bit UMBC ish, not to not to you know poke at that wound. Um, but you know, teams with, with, with guards, with five guys on the floor who can handle the ball, um, who in a situation like this are going to shoot their shots. And if they make them like, you know, good shooters can shoot against good defense, right? Um, if they shoot above their season average, they're going to be a tough out for Virginia just because of the volume they shoot from three. Um, that said, if Virginia can look, you know, watching a few of their games over the last couple of days. They, you know, outside of playing NC State and Penn State, and I can't. There was one other I can't remember, but um, they're the only you know, they're, they're, two tournament teams they played. Yeah, this but there was another decent team. They, South Carolina, yeah, that was the other. They're one. They terrible. Did. Yeah, yeah. But, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say decent. Wow, Dave. No, I mean like Power Five quality yeah. athletes. Yeah, like I mean at least they have Power them. Five like level talent. I guess yeah, <laughs> questionable, but <laughs> yeah, those teams like. You know they had the the athletic ability to kind of guard those, you know, keep those guards from getting to the lane so easy, and that gave them a challenge. But they've got a good system. Um, yeah, but short of like, I mean, what is the ideal team for UVA to play in, in this situation? I don't know what it is. Right? It's probably well, like I don't a know, team man. that I, plays a team, a team that plays bigs. through their bigs. Yeah, yep. exactly. Because then, like, you get like if you look at, and I think I said this on Twitter, but like Furman, they're like firsts or second nationally in two point field goal percentage. Right. Um, yeah, but, it's but a lot of that stuff, is you know? I, I haven't watched. Yeah, I haven't, and... I haven't watched a lot of like SoCon this year. But a lot of times in these like smaller leagues, and I know as somebody who watched a lot of Radford over the years, like you can have a six seven dude that's unstoppable in the post against yeah, like, teams in that those conferences, or you can get to the rim without much right. problem. Yeah, and, and that's kind and, of how Slauson was in the games I watched. Um, even against Chattanooga, had like a seven footer. Um, you know, he's a seven footer, but he can't move. Right, so. If Slauson could get a little angle on him, he wasn't right. fast enough to block him. So, right. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't think as a team Virginia should be, you know, the Virginia can't beat, but definitely a team that's going to be interesting how you decide to match up with them. Cause I think the, the best, the easiest way to defend them is to go small with like Dunn and Gardner. Um, right. Cause Dunn, See, I think Dunn can guard Slauson. Yeah. And that's even a, that... believe it or not, I think Beekman could guard Slauson. Yeah. Um, interesting. Because then you force Lawson, they're going to try to. That's going to mess them up. They're going. They're Slauson not going to have Lawson like around the rim. He's going to be playing yeah. like a guard, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think if you put someone like Beekman on Slossman, not to keep talking, but um, 
Slauson, like, I think they would want to try to get him in the post, which I think would disrupt their offense. And I would trust Beekman to at least compete with them there. Doesn't let and him I, get loose. I don't on think threes. he's a true six seven. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Well, and I, listen, I, I think to, to sort of try to compare apples to apples, at least from, from me, and I mean, you guys can disagree on this, but like, I don't want folks to think that, that like, this is UMBC. Cause like, to me, like, yes, they're one of the best teams in the country in terms of two point field goal percentage, but they're not a team that shoots that, 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 that needs the three to, they, they rely on the three as much because I mean, UMBC was like top 40, top 45 nationally in three point percentage. Right. Um, they're like 159 okay so like they're they they do a lot of good stuff getting toward the basket and i think in a lot of ways if i'm virginia i i honestly i i think this is the kind of game where you know i think you lean into on ryan dunn but i think you sort of use your size and you make them stop you um i i think that what we've seen from the defense in in the acc tournament tells me that they're going to be able to to limit those looks. The question is whether or not they can still score. Um, and against, I think Clemson's a pretty decent defense, right? And I, I think that Clemson has a, um, you, you know, has a system that tries a little bit to do a little bit of what UVA wants to do. We've talked about them sort of like trying to like out UVA, UVA. In a it's lot so of ways. funny, like their offense watching it up close. It's just like sides, basically. Sides. Yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah. They, they're <laughs> trying to do a lot of that. But if you look at like Clemson's metrics, you know, like they're demonstrably better team in a variety of different ways than than what Furman is so to put that. So to, I think what's, you know, what's easy for me, Ferber, when it comes to teams that you don't see a lot of. That's one of the times where Ken Palm really helps me is because it, it gives me a sense of like, what's the what's the big picture look like? So Furman is 89th in Kim Palm right now. Um, now granted they're 27 and seven. They had a very weird schedule between the, you know, they, they win basically, they went out from like January 18th on, except they get beat by the Citadel. <laughs> they lost to a team. that's like 325. 325th. Okay. Um, they don't, what's interesting though, is if, if you look at like their profile, like defensively, they're, they're not, they're barely, you know, in the top 200, Offense, they're 33rd. But, like, if you go down to those style components and look at, like, the the number of threes they take versus the number of threes they make and also the the number of assists to field goals made, it's it's kind of interesting um, because Virginia is one of the best teams in the country, you know, like top five in the country in terms of the number of assists they get per field goals made. So this is an offense that, it, that, that has to generate offense is what I'm saying, right? They are a team that that generates the offense. It's not like dudes just go and 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 ball, right? Um, defensively for UVA, because you know we've 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 heard you know countless number of whether it's coaches, whether it's commentators, whatever players talk about that like it's hard to get ready for the pack line if you don't see it, right? If you don't see not just like the pet, the concept, but like the way UVA does it. This is like a perfect sort of. Um, situation in that respect right which is like a team that needs to be able to generate its offense playing against a defense that sort of travels if that makes any sense what what do you like Ferber, about this matchup for uva's defense um specifically and do you how much confidence do you have that they'll be able to disrupt Furman in terms of creating the offense that they're very good at generating yeah i mean i think like you know they run a lot of the princeton stuff so a lot of back cuts and stuff off of screens and I think the pack line would probably be pretty disruptive to that. My concern is Dave's concern, which is like, they just say, screw it. Then let's just shoot more threes. And like, they already shoot a lot of them. So it's like, um, if you hit them, you know, you mentioned they were like, what, 150 something in three point percentage. If they shoot, you know, they only have to shoot like a little above that for one game to like really be a problem. Um, and I, I kind of think that's the recipe for them. I think this is a game where UVA has to like win on the glass and they should be able to do that. Um, I think that's something that maybe doesn't get talked about enough. Like, don't give up second chance points. Clean up your rebounds. You know, like, get down the court. Do what you got to do. Maybe even clean up some offensive rebound opportunities, even though UVA doesn't crash too much. Um, but ultimately, I think this is a game where UVA has to go out and execute, like, on the defensive end and at least make firm and work and, and throughout the game, like if they go out and make a bunch of threes earning it, you know, against a tough defense, like tip your cap, you do what you got to do. And I think on the offensive end, this is a game where UVA I think should be able to score. 
Um, right. I don't think they're going to score 80, but like, you know, I think th- they should be able to get da- the guards. I think will be able to touch the paint, get downhill, especially, you know, they've been playing against bigger guys for a, a long time, 20 something games now. Um, you know, I don't know. When's the last time they played a team like as small as Furman? Um, and so it's like you, you feel like they should be able to kind of get downhill. And, and then even the guys in the post who don't score a lot. I think this is a game where Gardner could really take advantage um, and, and get going. Yeah. I also think, too, if you look at sort of their 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 roster, they got a couple of seniors. They obviously lean on the Slauson kid the most, um, you know, both well. Yeah. He's yeah. Good. Yeah, he's really he's really strong too. But the, you know, and they've they, been good for years. Like they've yeah. been a good program, even though they haven't made the tournament. I also find it interesting that Carter Witt landed there um, after leaving Wake Forest, but has not gotten like basically any burn, um, which kind of tells you a little bit about sort of the nucleus of that team and sort of how um, you know how things are sort of going. For, yeah, for I believe they were a staff. buzzer beater loss away from the tournament last year. I yeah. think they lost like to whoever. We played, played quite a bit in the SoCon final. Um, that's the last game I was watching before the pod. I feel like he might just be buried behind the both will kid. Yeah, like, that's probably. Yeah, that's probably. He's true. good and a senior. Um, yeah, he played. Yeah. Thir- he played twelve minutes in that SoCon final, um, and finished I think with three points. Um, you know, it's it's interesting too because you know. Uh, I think it's Pegues. Is that how you say his name? Pegues. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's he scored seventeen. Um, he had six rebounds, four four assists in that game. I think that's the thing too. Is that like this is a team? Virginia's not going to play many teams that have assist totals like Virginia does, right? Um, so I'm really curious to watch. You know, both of these schools try to generate their offense and how you know they're able to or or unable to sort of disrupt things. Um, you know, it, it, in terms of the 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 matchup, Dave, how how soon after the the brackets are released and you see the pod and everything, do you start thinking about the Sweet Sixteen? Is it <laughs> is it a thing where you just look at Furman, you go, okay, this is what the matchup is, okay, cool, and then you just look at the other matchup and you're because I think for a lot of fans, you know, we're used to Virginia sort of being like a one seed, you know there's the the pressure of you know getting by the the lower ranked team that you're playing whatever or like you know there are a couple of years in there the last few where it's like oh yeah they <laughs> or don't, they don't get great. to the right they, exactly they don't get to deal with that cuz they don't make it so it's been a yeah. while since they've been like a 4 5 6 you know like where it's like yeah they're a really solid NCAA team um but they're you know so i'm just curious like what was your what was your sort of um yeah natural response i guess so to speak of when the bracket came out like how quickly did you look at the pod and worry about the sweet 16 well i mean pretty quick because we got we found out what we would see we were in about eight seconds on the reveal show um yeah i mean i think i say it every year when we're in the tournament like uh, the way i like to look at it is it, it's a four-team tournament and how would i feel if we were playing those teams in the regular season yeah what i expect virginia to lose against any of them um I think looking at this bracket, I'd be like, all right, Charleston, Furman, check, no problem. San Diego State, that'd be a tough match. Um, but none of them are like San Diego State. I think as good as they are, um, it's a team. I think Virginia has kind of got the DNA to do what's necessary to beat their defense, which is protect the ball, not panic and late in the shot clock. Um, it'll be a great, it'll be a rock fight. Um, but a team, Virginia, especially if they get through Furman, can, can handle. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think all in all, as a four seed, having to go to Orlando, it's not a terrible, a terrible draw. Um, you know, we'll talk further in the tournament later, but like, I, I, I like the bracket. I mean, I, th- I think overall, yeah. you know, um, what's would it, you feel what's better good? if they were playing this in Greensboro and not in Orlando? Yeah. I mean, I would, but I'd also feel better if they weren't playing it at 1240 so I could watch it uninterrupted. But um, <laughs> well, also, like, I feel, I, I don't think it matters too much, but like, in the first round game at twelve forty on a Thursday, I mean, UVA had a decent showing in Greensboro, but like Furman would probably be the home yeah, team almost. Bags. Yeah, that's fair. Because they're, nice they're really Virginia. close to Greensboro, and I mean they're not far away, and they would be much more invested fan wise, I think, in this game than UVA fans would be. Yeah, and I'm guessing fair. like the Tennessee yeah. and Duke fans aren't going to show up at twelve forty like they would at. 
not for this there's, game. I mean, yeah. not for like UVA versus Furman. It's not like a very exciting game. I mean, like Furman could win it, obviously. Um, but like I don't think you and then the second game is SDSU Charleston. So it's like, okay. Yeah. But if but if it were in Greensboro, I could see a bunch of Duke fans just going in early to root against Virginia. Um, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's we need to get we Dave, we need to get you in one is. of these NCAA venues, brother. Because uh, what you just described is not a thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> I have certainly had been in, in plenty of buildings in the NCAA tournament where teams pulled against Virginia because they're like the top seed. Top but, seed, yeah. You know, it's, I, I don't think like I'd ever would have thought like, oh yeah, Duke fans are going to come to pull against Virginia. Like that's just not that's just not a it's thing. It's mostly I've ever just quiet. I mean, even in Greensboro the other day, UVA is playing Carolina. There's a lot of state fans in the building. Yeah, because they were playing afterwards and they right. were they were pretty like agnostic. They just kind of sat there. <laughs> so the other the yeah. other obviously the other game is San Diego State Charleston San Diego State's an interesting matchup for UVA specifically because to Dave's point you know they're they're a top 10 defense they do not uh the they do not let people go to the free throw line they don't let people shoot a bunch of threes um you know they do a very good job of limiting uh your your looks um if you look at sort of the the schedule they've played, they they lost to Arizona, they lost to Arkansas, they beat Stanford, they beat Ohio State. Um, you know they've got some some nice um, you know games on the schedule. They've got a couple of obviously games against Boise State, who's also in the tournament. Um, you know, it, I I just feel like that's an interesting matchup, one that I you know honestly kind of hope to see because I think that that's a a really uh, one it means it means UVA obviously beat Furman. But um, two, I think if 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 that's the way it ends up, that's that just seems like the way it should go, right? Um, Charleston's an interesting one too, Ferber, because like, I mean, look, I'm not saying that. Um, how do I want to phrase this? I don't want to phrase this without getting myself in trouble. Um, Charleston might be the team that most people would hope to see in that game because it. What are they? Are they top seventy five? Let me click on them. Um, somewhere in that seventy third. Like, yeah. yeah. And they're not top 70 in either offense or defensive efficiency, right? So what that kind of tells you, um, you know, and they got they got blown out uh, in Chapel Hill, um, ran off a slew of wins in a row after that um, to start the season. But mm -hmm. in terms of like seeing NCAA teams, you know, um, you know, this is not that that Charleston team is just not one that that really got to see a bunch of them. Um, what are your initial thoughts on that other matchup? Is it is it all? Um, San Diego State for you. Um, do you feel like Charleston has a, a really decent chance of pulling off that upset? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, the question to me is like, how much do you trust the Mountain West to be what people think it is? Um, and I'm not saying that they're not good teams, like, I, but I think like if you look at the history, um, they've struggled to make, you know, have successful runs that league in the tournament after having like, you know, like Ken Palm darling type teams. What's San Diego State like 10th in Ken Palm or 15th or something? Um, and then like Utah State is a 10 seed. They're like, you know, really high in Ken Palm. Um, and it's like if you believe those numbers and what they've accomplished, and if you look at what they've accomplished, they've beaten a lot of top 100 teams like Boise State, who's in the tournament, New Mexico, teams like that. But, you know, I'm not you don't see a lot of teams on there where it's like, oh, they beat Gonzaga like, damn, you know, they, they played like Arizona and I they might have played Gonzaga. I can't remember. But um, they they're not they didn't exactly rack up a bunch of non-conference wins that are like make you turn your head. It's more like they've been super efficient and dominated what people think is a good league. Right. Um, right. And it's like, do I trust that or do I trust Charleston? Who has won a lot of games, but then look at who they've beaten. I mean, like, listen, in in, a, in they a, have in a, they're two and two out. against top one hundred teams, yes. right? Yeah, and, and in a, in like a five game span, or excuse me, a five day span, they beat Elon three thirty seven, William and Mary three twenty, Monmouth three fifty, Northeastern three ten, like, and that was like yeah. after they had beaten uh, UNC Wilmington was like one of the better teams that they played on the schedule. Like after November, they didn't play a single team ranked better than like 130th. I think yeah. Towson was 130th. And they and started off really good. They won. And so you have to remember they played like one of these early season tournaments, but they play it at home. It's like the Charleston Classic. So they beat Virginia Tech beat Virginia close. Tech. And that's a good win for them, obviously. But like it was Not a home a tournament game. Team. Yeah, it was a home game. <laughs> the best win on their schedule might be Kent State, right? Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, I, I, I'm, I've, I've got them 
a little bit of my bracket, not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean they they have the good metrics and stuff, but yeah, I mean like I'm not saying they're bad or anything, but if you look at them, it's kind of like all right, this team looks like really, really, they look like a dominant team in a league that isn't very good, and yeah. it's like those teams are usually like 14 seeds because they have to play all these buy games in the non conference, and they lose to teams like Clemson or whoever. Right. Right. Um, and this team didn't really do that. I mean, they played Penn State or whoever it was. Um, I guess Furman played Penn State. I'm mixing up my resumes now. Um, but it's like I didn't see I didn't see a ton there where I was like, oh wow, like this right. team is like really really good because they don't do anything like really really well that's like super indicative of success. So I think, despite like feeling like maybe the Mountain West isn't as good as people think it is, which is possible. I think San Diego State kind of handles them, even though a lot of people are going to pick against them. Um, yeah, I'm a little. They're going to look at Charleston, 31 and three, and be like, "Oh, that team's going to win." And then they're going to. It's kind of like Wofford, like Mike Young's Wofford team that went like 31 and one or whatever. They were good. They were like a nine seed, but you know they didn't make it. Everybody had them beating Kentucky and stuff, and they played well, right, but they didn't beat them. Yeah. It was just weird to I me. Mean, if anything, after watching a little bit of Charleston, I think like they're a better team than Furman. Um, so yeah, I mean, the metrics better. say so too. And they're yeah, I say metrics are pretty, yeah, which right makes there. it weird that they're 12 and 13, not the other way around, but yeah, yeah. I just think I saw people saying they should have been like a nine seed and stuff like that. And it's like, no, I, didn't, no. I don't see that. No. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and also like the, I think the CAA people look at that and they're like, oh, that's impressive. And it, I mean, like, I'm not going to hate on a team for winning their conference and dominating a bunch of teams, but like the CAA is not what it used to be. Yeah. Look, you just read off those Ken Palm numbers. They lost all the best teams in that league, yep. like VCU and Mason and ODU, and backfilled them with Monmouth and Elon and stuff like that. And it, they're just not at the same level anymore. Every every time anybody says Monmouth, I can't stop hearing the Battle of Monmouth. Um, I mean, there was like literally a time where a team, I don't, they might have actually been like the CAA was like a multi bid league or yeah. like they were yeah. they were Older trying to get multiple. Yeah, because yeah, VCU got in that one yeah. year as a yeah. as a at large. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's like now it's like not like that at all. Yeah. The thing about I, I think the thing about Charleston that that is hard for some folks is like whereas Furman is, you know, their offense is pretty good. Right. They're top 35 in offensive efficiency, but defensive efficiency, they're closer to 200. The thing about Charleston is they're really balanced. Right. They're both top 75, top 70 ish in, in offense and defense. So like whereas with Furman, it's like one side is much better than the other. Charleston's a kind of a more complete sort of quote unquote team. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that like, because like you just don't have a lot of the bona fides for them. Um, And if you look at their roster, like, and I was looking at it earlier. um, I have no idea how to say that kid's name. So somebody else is going to have to say his name. Uh, Rosevic, Brozovic. Oh um, yeah. Ante Rosevic or whatever. I mean, look, he, he's a, he's a really good player. There's no way around that. Um, and they've got a couple of other interesting pieces and they have a um, good coach and, and yeah. So, I mean, I'm not as does know, Furman. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not like throwing any, any shade, but I just like, you know, if, if put it to you like this, if Virginia gets Furman, it gets by Furman, I mean, and then gets to, 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 um, Saturday and they get Charleston, you're going to feel pretty good about things, you know, not just because they don't have to play San Diego state, but also because, you know, you're going to get the lesser of the two. Um, and you know, Charleston and Furman are not very far uh, away in terms of sort of their overall rank. Um, you know, in terms, let's, let's, let's zoom out a little bit and, and talk a little bit about sort of the, the bracket as a whole. Um, obviously the ACC fared about as well as we thought they would fare. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't think any, I, I mean, I thought maybe Clemson had a chance. Um, if they beat UVA, they probably would. They probably were in. Yeah. Um, but their losses were just too bad. I mean, they're just terrible. Yeah, it's still a joke. Clemson's not in. I don't care what y'all say. I mean, <laughs> beating Virginia in a neutral court bit there in the tournament, they should have been in. Um, but yeah, whatever. I think it, it probably it didn't is. help them I'm that salty. they got smoked in that game too. Like they didn't. They weren't. Yeah, I mean, they did. But yeah. but they the blew out. Oh, they blew out NC State the night before. <laughs> Who's in I mean, the tournament? And they. Beat I would have been okay times. if they'd have kicked Pitt out and put Clemson in. Because to Clemson me, like, beat I Pitt think head to head, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, then Clemson beat NC State, what, three times? Mm-hmm. I um, think part of it is, and I mean, people always forget about this, like I do too. And then they do the bracket, and it's like, oh, look who Clemson played in the non conference, and it's just trash. Yeah. Like, and part of that is luck because you get in these tournaments, and it's like, if you get the wrong team, you know, like the UVA tournament in Vegas was like, any team you play is good. Um, 
but like the one they somebody tweeted it they played Iowa and lost by like one or something and then they instead of playing somebody good I forget who it was like a turn like at a and m or somebody they played Cal who's like really really bad um and it's like that can that can mess up your strength of schedule and then yeah, lo- little- you know, losing to Loyola by like 20 points is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, look, I get I mean, I'm as mad as I am about the ACC not getting Clemson in. When you go look at the point spreads for the games involved in the ACC, you're like, oh, Vegas doesn't believe in us either. <laughs> Maybe that's right. I mean, NC State's a five-point dog against Creighton, as you'd expect. Miami's only a two-point favorite over Drake. Um, Duke is only a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Oral Roberts. Um, and obviously we're yeah, a five-and-a-half. Yeah, that's crazy to me. That is yeah, that, crazy. I mean, I know Oral Roberts is good, but like, that's crazy. Yeah, especially since Duke is like a public team. Yeah, yeah, that's you, true. Yeah, yeah. that that game, like everyone's talking about Virginia losing to Furman. I might be more likely to put Duke beating Oral Duke losing to Oral Roberts in my bracket just because of that line, because that line doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's inviting um, people to bite, bet Duke. Um, obviously, Pitt doesn't play until later tonight. So as we record this, you know, we don't know what's happened with with them and we know uh, what's happening. State. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, look, you saw the thing fall off the wall. You saw the you thing fall off the happening. wall. No, but seriously, and Federico I, Federico's hurt. Fe- I think too. I mean, look, if they won, if I mean, I I think everybody sort of expect, but like, if they won, would you really be that surprised? Like, no, really? not at all. No, I mean, they're do. they're tough, man. They're they're kind of, no. and like a, a game like that where they get sent to, to, you know, I could totally see a scenario where they kind of came out with a real massive chip on their shoulder. Um. All right. So in the South, obviously, Bama the one seed. Uh, Arizona the two, um, Baylor the three. Um, I, in terms of sort of the teams that you're, you know, if you're if you're looking at UVA trying to get out of the region, obviously Bama, um, the number one overall seed, you know they're right there, um, and they get the you know potential rematch with Baylor um, if they're able to maybe get past Bama if you know all those chips fell where they um, potentially may. Um, is there I guess, Dave, let's let me ask the question like this. Do you have any is there a part of you that thinks the UVA can 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 get back to like a, a final four out of this region um, in terms of and I'm saying like a real I'm not saying like a pipe dream. I'm saying like realistic. Yeah. Um, like, how do you feel like they match up with the other top seeds in the bracket? I mean, like I don't think I wouldn't put a whole lot of money on it, but you know, when you compare the South to the other brackets, I like our chances. Um, I think Bama's an interesting thing, right? They're they're kind of firming with better athletes um, as far as their philosophy, except they defend better. So, you know, Bama, Bama would be a tough team to beat, but Virginia will have, you know, several days, a few days to get ready for it. I think they play that game in Louisville if it were to happen. Um, right. Virginia's had some good luck there in the tournament. Um so yeah, I mean, well, not when not I wasn't in the not unbelievable. <laughs> uh, well, then get you know, your not... ass on I sixty four. What are you waiting? For? <laughs> yeah, what you waiting for, champ? Um, I mean, not look. If Virginia was a favorite to win it, they'd be the one seed, right? So it it's going to take some upsets. Um, what I'd be more concerned about, obviously, is Baylor after playing Bama on that short turnaround. But I'll yeah. deal with that when we get there. I would just like for well, Virginia to have like a normal exit to a tournament, and not something dramatic, you know. I will say this, I I sort of set you up poorly on the question because actually I I feel like Arizona's uh, the stronger team of that that part of the bracket, honestly. Um, I I feel like Arizona, matter of fact, I think, I don't know, I might have Arizona coming out of that in in my bracket. I will say this, Ferber, I would be much, I was much happier, unless the only other one seed I would have rather had was Kansas um, because I feel like Kansas is beatable. Um, Like, I don't know if I'm, you know, I haven't finished the West yet. You know, I don't know if I'm going to have them in the Sweet 16. Um, you know, I just I, – well, I've watched several Kansas games, and they just do not impress me at all. I have I want no part of Purdue. Um, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure what to make of Houston, though I don't think I want any part of them either. I mean, um, we saw them. <laughs> I don't dude, think we need to litigate but them. But I, 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 well, <laughs> I think the thing with them is, like, how hurt is the kid? Right, the Sasser yeah. kid. Like, is, it is, sounds is, like he's gonna be all right. If he's if he's um, if he's like ninety percent, then yeah, okay, yeah, I don't want any part of them. I mean, that was a good team, and that 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 other kid's a pro, as as we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, but in terms of like the draw, I mean, you know, like 
don't know. This is a, you know, this feels like a weird year and it sort of is because like, you know, even if you're like looking for upsets, the metrics have sort of turned this year on its head in the sense that like, you know, we're talking about San Diego state as a five, right. But like Ken Palm's got them top 15. Right. Um, like and that's UVA a, is like a couple spots ahead of both teams that didn't get in bubble teams. And they're, yeah. And so it's, four, it's, sorry. it's very, it's a very weird year in the sense of like, if you look around like that, um, Oral Roberts Duke situation is indicative. I think of like the whole, you know, the bracket as a whole, there's a 12 seed playing against a very talented ACC champion, right? Playing legitimately its best ball of the season. And Vegas is like, you know, like that's a very, you know, and like, even like, I can't, I don't, I can't trust Kentucky. I have no idea what to expect from Kentucky. I have no idea what to expect from Tennessee in that bracket. Right. Like you, you go to the, uh, to the Midwest, like Miami. Okay. The Umir kids hurt. I haven't heard whether or not, whatever, Kent State looks like, you know, the kind of team you probably want to ride a little bit. Uh, Xavier's pretty good. But at the same time, like, I don't know what to make of Penn State after the run they had in the Big Ten tournament. Also, Texas A&M got completely hosed. So, you know, if they do have a second-round matchup with Texas, what that's going to be like. So we were in Greensboro. Weird... We were like we were like UVA versus Buzz rematch, and then they got a seven seed. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I would say, like, as far as, like, my take on the bracket, uh, I'm not gonna say there's no way UVA could beat Alabama, but I don't foresee that happening. And I'll just that's a, I that. think that's a very fair like. And I also like, foresee that if if like if I'm writing a preview for that game and there's been no injuries or anything between now and then, I'm probably picking Alabama to win the game by like 18 points. Wow, um, 18. That's a number. Yeah, because I think it's a bad matchup for UVA. I think they have guys that can stop. They can pretty much stop what UVA does on offense completely. Yeah. Um, and I just watched you, Kyle Filipowski, like kind of dominate them. Like he did yeah. a lot of good things. And Brandon Miller is like a better version of that. Yeah. Um, I will say this though, completely unrelated that beating Alabama would probably be like the most satisfying thing that could possibly happen in this t- tournament. No, like uh, for a number of reasons. Yeah. For a number of reasons. <laughs> like, and listen, if I that's mean, the matchup, if that, Oh my gosh, it's going to be a nauseating how much. They the one thing that's that kind stuff. of interesting is that we haven't really seen and maybe it's because they haven't really had a chance to advance far enough for this to become a thing. We have never really seen UVA go into a game like that as like a prohibitive underdog. You know what I mean? Like in a game, in a game like against a one seed, Tony at UVA has only advanced past the first weekend as a one seed, Um, which, you know, like it, 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 they could do it this weekend, but like it would be the first time it's happened. Um, so, I mean, like, and then you go into a game with Alabama. Alabama is basically what UVA has been in a lot of the other years recently. So, um, not unbeatable, but I just would, I would be very surprised um, given like where UVA is and where Alabama is. I watched yeah, all three yeah. of Alabama's SEC tournament games. It just happened to be that way. And they were damn good in all of them. Yeah. Absolutely pathetic program. So, I hope we stomp them in the ground, quite frankly, if we play them. But, you know, <laughs> Is what it is. That that's a off the court comment, not their quality of play. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, I refer to them to what they're doing, what Furman does. <laughs> but but yeah, they're they, doing they, it at a they, much what different they, level. Their concepts are basically all threes and layups. Like yeah. like that's it's like an analytics driven thing. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 wrap up here. Um, in how I don't know how many seasons it's been. We used to do that thing where it was like the headline. You know, when we we pick football games, right? Um, you know, what's the headline on Monday morning or whatever? I, I, I guess I want to get us out of here on this. Dave, we'll start with you. Um, I want you to give me the percentage chance you think it is that when we reconvene this podcast next week, we're still talking about um, active games. All right. And I want you to give me involving UVA. <laughs> wow. Yes. Involving UVA. So, so we're not we're not doing a season postmortem. Right. We are doing a you know Sweet Sixteen preview. Um, yeah, and I want you to give me the the headline. Um, either way that either way that you go on it. And I should should have prepped us. You know, we we have all this time before podcast. You can send us. Stuff yeah, well, like I this. just thought about um, it ten minutes ago. Okay, it's a COVID break. I would say go with chances it. we're still playing. I, mean, I don't want to cop out and say 50-50, So I'll say. Uh, 58.3. I mean, I think it's slightly better than fifty fifty. 
Virginia makes it out of the Sweet 16, but certainly not a given. Um, I mean, you makes it out the of the Sweet 16 or out, sweet, out to, to the, the, out to the okay. Sweet 16. Because I was about like, man, um, you were really going out there. I mean, so I appreciate the passion. Yeah. Yeah. If I assume 58.6, I'll say the headline will be, um, you know, Virginia gets hot from deep and, you know, it carries them, carries them through the weekend because they're going to have to make some threes. You know, you just, you know, you, you I don't hate have you so much right now. Yeah, so yeah. much right now. All right, I mean, Ferber. I think both teams both teams are probably going to invite us to shoot shoot three as well. That's fair, Ferber. What do you got? Um, forty percent. Um, I mean, I'm just playing the odds. So, like, what what are they in Ken Palm to win this game? Sixty eight. Sixty eight. I mean, and then they have to go beat another game where they're going to be underdogs. In I think they'll be Vegas underdogs as well. Um, against San Diego State, um, forty percent. Like people are gonna hear that and be like, "What?" And it's like that doesn't necessarily. That's not bad. I mean, I think if you looked at if if you looked at odds for any team to make the Sweet Sixteen, they're low. Like a four or five seed, you would say usually it's like twenty five percent. You know, it's maybe seventy percent. I like you how you're trying, your first to, you're trying to and like then, defend like, yourself you know, against a. Any potential backlash? I well, I think this. people are. I think people, and I think UVA fans have more than learned their lesson on this. But like, I've talked to a lot of people over the years who were like, "Oh, this team against this team, the Power Conference team is going to win." And it's like that ain't how it is anymore. Um, and you know, like especially even with like a like a San Diego State. I mean, nobody can really overlook them. They're they're good. Um, so I mean, I I think. If you told me another way to look at this is like if you had to pick one of these four teams, like if I had to pick one of these four teams to beat Alabama or beat Baylor or whatever, I would pick UVA to do it um, in a lot of those cases. But like I think I'd say they have like a, you know, like I think Ken Palm's odds against Furman are about right, 70%. And then I think San Diego State's like a, I don't know, like a 50 50 at best. So what's your headline? Um, I guess for you, it's UVA season comes to a close. The Kihei Clark. Era I mean, is but forty percent things that this is a, a not that you don't know this, but like people are always like things that are forty percent likely to happen happen all the time. Like look at the weather, right? Well, right, but I'm saying like if you're if you're saying that the 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 chance of us talking next week. About if I had to whatever, say like if I had to say what we're talking about, I'll say that UVA um, sneaks by Furman and then loses to San Diego State. Um, there you go. In a defensive, in like a 52-49 kind of game. I do love that you both got really technical on the odds part, like the, the percentage chances. I was just trying to say, like, what do you think is going to happen? I was trying to give a good way to to sort of express that to the people. I will say that Dave is, you, I guess I'm going to do kind of a merger of the two of you. Um, I think it's like 55% um, chance that UVA still playing, mainly because of the reasons that Ferber cited, just the idea of, you know, if you anybody to make the sweet 16 is tough. Um, I feel pretty confident about Furman. I, I think they're going to win that game. Um, I mean, I'm like 85, 90%. That I think they're just going to win that game. Um, I, I, I don't dislike the matchup with San Diego state as much as a lot of people, but I also appreciate the fact that San Diego state's really good at what they do. And um, I, my bigger problem, honestly, with UVA is like, are you going to get the same version of that team twice, right? It happened in Greensboro, right, where you got them two nights in a row against Carolina, against Clemson, where you had basically the same sort of team on both ends of the floor to both nights, right? Um, but they weren't able to sustain it. Now, granted, that's three nights in a row. This is different. I also feel like one of the underrated pieces of this is, like, I feel like Tony and his folks are pretty good at, at this kind of thing, as Vegas kind of showed us, right? But I also feel like, preparing for the pack line on a short turnaround is kind of tough. And it's not like San Diego state can really go in and spend any time, you know, preparing for that now versus trying to focus on Charleston. So um, if, if, if indeed this is what happens and Virginia does make the sweet 16, which is kind of what I'm leaning towards, even though the, the number might not be all that high. Um, I think it's because Armand Franklin kind of came alive again i feel like dave's point about the th- I, I feel like that's 100 spot on i think in order for virginia to to do what i'm describing here somebody's gonna have to shoot some threes like somebody's gonna have to hit it whether that's franklin whether that's big neely whether that's clark whether it's the three of them some combination i don't know but it certainly feels like that's gonna have to be a thing um 
And you know what? If if um, if we get back together next week and Virginia didn't get it done and, and we're, we, we're doing the, the post-mortem and we're sort of talking about the end of the Kihei Clark era and all that fun stuff, um, I'm not going to be shocked by any stretch. But at the same time, um, I sure would like to see UVA play Alabama, even though, to Ferber's point, about you know losing by 18, like that's very on the table. Um, but it would be fun to see him play um, a second weekend um, and get out of the first without being a, a top seed. All right, anything else for the good of your order before we wrap up? I love it when you guys are just resounding. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Greensboro um, was fun for the most part, except for Saturday's game. Yeah. But it was cool. Well, oh yeah. Oh, I do actually I do have something to say. I completely forgot to mention this. Thank you to the two gentlemen that came up to me before the game on Saturday night and thanked us for the podcast. Uh, it was nice talking to you guys for a few minutes. I wish we had longer. Um, but yeah, it's always nice to hear positive feedback and hope you guys had fun in Greensboro despite the did they, did they tell you you were their favorite or how did this work? No, you know, no, they didn't. Um uh, they said that they hated us all equally. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, nah, they said they, they, really listen. they enjoyed the witty banter. You know, they right? enjoy the witty banter. That's, you know what? Another customer well served, right? Um, well, uh, I would love to tell you that, that when I set you up for that, that that's where I was trying to get you to go. But I'm glad that you remembered because that's good because I know. You yeah, I really almost sure. forgot. <laughs> there you go. If you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating or a review, we appreciate it. Now, if you're somebody out there who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at catscorner.com. Look, the NCAA tournament's about to start. There's lots of UVA fans to commiserate with, um, no matter which way this thing goes. And I promise you that if it goes poorly, there will be lots of people who will be yelling about it just like you want to. So definitely give us a look at catscorner.com. Now, that is what I call a plug, folks. Uh, I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the website and of the show. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find free Mutant Next Venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber being gracious for your time, as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CastCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon. Let's go.